Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. The PCOS Diva podcast is proud to be sponsored by OvoSense Real-Time Ovulation Monitor, helping women with PCOS take back control of their cycles. OvoSense is a true fertility monitor that can help you track fertility medications and supplements along with any positive health changes you make to see if they're having an effect. OvoSense consists of a medical-grade silicone vaginal sensor, which tracks core body temperature every five minutes while you sleep. And in the morning, you simply download your data to the OvoSense app. It's quick and easy. Only OvoSense offers real-time, 24-hour advanced prediction in cycle and ovulation confirmation with 99% clinical proven accuracy and will work for you even if you have highly irregular cycles. Find out how OvoSense can help you understand your fertility at www.ovosense.com. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. So, so many women that reach out to me have been given a a prescription for the birth control, perhaps metformin, told to lose weight, go on a low-carb diet, and get themselves to the gym. And as we all know, it's really not a prescription for getting to the root cause of PCOS. And today, I have brought on a really fantastic expert for you all to hear from, and her name's Dr. Jolene Brighton. She's a functional medicine naturopathic doctor and the founder of Rubus Health, a root cause women's medicine clinic where she specializes in the treatment of hormone disorders, including adrenal and thyroid conditions and autoimmune disease. She is the leading expert in post-birth control pill syndrome and the side effects and long-term consequences associated with the use of the birth control pill. So I'm really excited to be talking about these risk factors of the birth control pill and have her tell us more about birth control syndrome, post-birth control syndrome, and what we can do about it when we're ready to come off of the pill. So, so happy to have you, Dr. Jolene. Welcome yeah. to the PCOS podcast. Thank you for having me. You know I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, sh- I shout out your stuff all the time, so I'm excited to be here talking to your tribe. Uh, well, I really appreciate that, and uh, you know, I just, I hate to take a real hard line on birth control uh, because I know so many women are on it, and they, I know it's, it's somewhat helping symptoms, but I just, like you said, I saw this um, quote on your website that there is no best birth control pill for PCOS, and I have to agree with you. 
Yeah, it really, and you know, I think that's a great way to start the conversation of like, we're not judging you. I'm not hating on you if you've mm-hmm. got to do the pill. I did it for 10 years. I'm a first generation college student who's a doctor. The pill was absolutely instrumental in all of that. So, you know, my, I'm with you. I'm not going to take a hard line and tell you what to do. I think that's what's got us in trouble. All of us women and in medicine is doctors telling us what to do and us just blindly following mm-hmm. it. But it is something that I think Women need a true informed consent so they can make the best decisions for themselves. And should they choose to use hormonal contraceptives, then they need to know, you know, what to be looking out for, what to be testing for, and ways to protect their body while they're on it. Because you're absolutely right. So birth control pill is not going to fix your hormones. It does not fix your hormone imbalance, but it does a really good job at massing it. So that is why women with PCOS, so for instance, you know, they will be prescribed a birth control pill for acne because it can be really, really powerful for making cystic acne go away and nobody likes that business so I totally get it but at the same time you know it's, it's masking like that acne is actually a, it's a symptom of an underlying cause and it's really your body being vocal saying hey girl you need some love you need some attention and I really want to show you like there, there's some healing that needs to be done yeah I really like to think of PCOS as um a a message that your body's sending you that it's out of balance and you need to pay some attention to it. So, you know, I I like the idea and I wish that I had done this when I uh, was suffering with PCOS is getting to that root cause rather than taking the pill. And like you, I was on the pill for 10 years and it wasn't really until I tried to get back on the pill after the birth of my second son, that my body was just like, whoa, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I was really forced to find another way to manage, you know, quote unquote, manage my PCOS. Um, And I was never, ever, ever told about risk factors for PCOS. And for those women who are not aware of any risk factors, I would love it if you could kind of go down some of the laundry, really a laundry list, right, of factors for us. Yeah, so, you know, when we're talking about PCOS specifically, the first thing we have to understand, and um, and you do such a good job of educating your listeners, most doctors don't understand that PCOS is not a hormone disorder. It's a metabolic disorder that has these hormonal side effects going on, and that's why doctors are so quick to grab that prescription pad and write women and say, okay, here's a pill. And they truly do believe that the pill is fixing your hormones. And so, you know, when you reframe it in that way and you look at, okay, these medications, this pill was designed for a healthy woman. That's who it was designed for. And it isn't really studied in populations who have pre-existing conditions. So if you stand back and you frame it, okay, you have PCOS, you have a metabolic disorder. Well, what does this birth control pill put everybody at risk for? Well, we know risk of stroke, risk of heart attack, risk of diabetes. These are things that PCOS women are already at risk for. So this to me is a huge disservice to women. When you write them that that prescription without saying, hey, and this pill could actually make your symptoms worse. And you're not going to know it because it's masking your hormonal symptoms. And you're going along your way saying, my skin looks good. You know, I'm not gaining weight. My, I'm having a regular bleed. And, and that's just a withdrawal bleed. That's not actually regulating your cycle, which, you know, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, wait, wait, I had no idea. Your doctor probably didn't know that either because their limitations come with what they were taught in medical school. So we can, we can all honor that they are trying to do the best for you that they can. 
their toolkit is just really small. And so, you know, the other things that we look at that aren't often talked about are the nutrient depletions that take place with the birth control pill. And, you know, these minerals, but also antioxidants. And so, and just, you know, imagine that you've already got a condition that puts you at oxidative stress, and now you're losing your antioxidants like crazy. And so antioxidants, I like to, I like to imagine they're like ninjas in there, like kicking free radicals around and protecting your cells and your DNA. They're absolutely essential in protecting your ovaries as well. And so if you're talking fertility, and I know not everybody's looking to have a baby, but you do want to be fertile because that's how you get that progesterone up and you feel all blissed out and wonderful and your periods are not terrible as they can be in states of like estrogen dominance. But <clears throat> the antioxidants alone, I mean, that's something where we see problems with our brain health. We start seeing problems with heart health. And so, you know, it really runs deep. I could actually go off forever about the side effects of birth control pills because it's affecting your thyroid, it's affecting your adrenals, it's inflammatory. It can, it, there's been studies to show that it's involved in triggering autoimmune diseases. Like that's a really big deal. It induces leaky gut. And I, you know, I think back to when I had leaky gut, I had all of these food sensitivities and I was on the pill and nobody, nobody stopped to say, hey, Maybe you want to get off that pill. Instead, they were like, don't eat that, don't eat that. And before I knew it, like 96 foods couldn't be in my diet anymore. That is also not root cause in any way. But, you know, there's other things that we know about the birth control pill as well. So it affects your mood. Um, you know, there are all these studies out there. And despite all of these really good studies saying, yes, there's a correlation, you still hear our doctors. I still have women coming into my medical clinic who are like, my doctor told me I'm just crazy. I need a medication for my mood. My pill can't have anything to do with it. And it's as simple as going through their timeline and being like, well, let's actually look when did your symptoms come on? And we now, you know, there was just a study published showing that the depletion of nutrients coupled with the inflammatory state that the pill induces can actually disrupt the, the tryptophan pathway in the brain and lead to neurotoxins being produced. Like that's a, that to me, that's a really big deal. Um, anxiety is also something that's really common with birth control. And that's something I'll hear from women who have gone through childbirth that tried it. So like you were saying, you couldn't get back on the pill. Well, what do we do before we get pregnant? We get as healthy as possible. And then we really, I mean, there's no better time that women love up on themselves than when they're growing a human in their body. And, you know, it's much like if you live in a scent-free environment or you cut out sugar and then you bring it back in and it is a stark contrast. And Mood symptoms are something that I see where women will, you know, they start that they start a hormone and they're like, oh yeah, no, I felt I was crying all the time. I, you know, was having panic attacks. I was scared to leave my house. And this is something can definitely hit new moms as well, pretty hard. And they're already at risk for things like postpartum depression. And, you know, this, this mood stuff is real. So I just want to say like, you know, in, in, as a doctor, I always stand back and say, hey, look, if you tell me it's not normal, then it's not normal for you. And that's all that really matters is your barometer of normal, not your sister, not your mom, not your friend, not whatever, like some cherry pick randomized control trial study says, it's all about your normal. And you know, the thing that's super scary to me 
is that, you know, we see, so gals with PCOS, they, you know, they're 14, they're 15, their period comes on and their doctor's like, you're having a regular period. So let's just give you some of these hormonal contraceptives. But we know their risk of suicide in teenage girls skyrockets in the first couple of months. And what's really scary to me, okay, so when I was a teenage girl, I was like, awesome, I can get birth control pill and my parents don't know about it. Now that I'm a mom, I'm like, hold up. My kid, now I have a son, but let's say I had a daughter, she could get on this pill and I wouldn't know about it. And then I can't monitor her. I don't know to look out that she might be at suicide risk. Now I'm not advocating, you know, that we take away reproductive rights for anyone, but it's important information to at least hand over that teenage girl and say, hey, you know, you might want to let someone know to keep an eye on your mood when you start this. And, And that person can be your doctor or your medical provider. The thing that really concerns me, too, is the fact that now you go to your doctor on the pill and you have mood issues, and chances are they're going to write you another prescription for another pill. And uh, just last week, there was an article in the New York Times about how difficult, once you've been on the, the um, an antidepressant long term, it's like nearly impossible to come off of it. Um, without some serious side effects. So that, it kind of, um, I don't know, makes me angry in some ways <laughs> that yeah. you know, you're just taking these prescriptions at face value that your doctor is giving you without any sense of what it's actually physiologically doing to your body. So that's why I'm so grateful that you're here and talking about this with us. And you know we should we should be upset because what do we get in women's medicine? We get we get hormonal suppression, we get IVF if we want to have a baby, we get offered hysterectomies, and then mood altering drugs because you know it all just lives in our head and we must be crazy. And it's a big disservice not to stand back and say, well, why? What happened? What changed? And sometimes when we're feeling anxious and we're feeling depressed, it's because our body is like, hey, I need you to pay attention. Or maybe there was a major life change that happened. And for whatever reason, society thinks us ladies are supposed to put on a smile every day. And if we're not, that's a problem. We should take a medication for it. So you're right to get upset. I'm upset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One more risk factor that I always like to bring up because I think that um, it's not discussed that much, but yet I see women, every time I post about it, talking about these horrific incidences where they almost lost their life, and that's blood clots. And Mm -hmm. women with PCOS are um, more than two times the risk of blood clot. You know, albeit it's still a low risk, but it's a life-threatening risk. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that we can, you know, about blood clots is that a lot of doctors are prescribing birth control pill for women who are in perimenopause. Now, that is something where I'm like, you, you need a lot more than some synthetic estrogen or progesterone to like love you up in that phase. But after age 35, those risk factors start climbing quickly. So now you take a woman who's, uh, and I got to say, we're in a really unique time in history where we're actually seeing women who have been on the birth control pill for decades, like not just 10 years, because we used to get told stop after 10 years. I have patients that come in 20 years, 30 years, and it's something that, you know, they're in their 40s now and their doctor hasn't even mentioned that, hey, you could be at risk. And so we start running, I mean, I run genetic testing on women. I run um, inflammatory markers. I start looking at everything and hands down, I see more often than not, women are inflamed and they have elevations in their fibrinogen, which is putting them at risk for a clot. But there's also, you know, 
I, I can't even tell you, you know, it's so, so simple to run, you know, a factor two, factor five Leiden on women, which is a genetic test that tells us if you're predisposed towards uh, throwing a clot. So whether that's a pulmonary embolism or a DVT in your calf or, you know, a stroke. And I can't even tell you how many times women come into my clinic on birth control. I test them. And if you're just heterozygous, that means just one copy of that gene doesn't work right, you're at a 35-fold increased risk of oh a gosh. stroke. And nobody's talking about mm -hmm. that. And it, what's crazy to me is when the insurance companies deny it and tell, tell the patient, there was absolutely no reason for your doctor to check this whatsoever. You don't have risk factors. I'm like, you're on the pill. That's a risk factor for a stroke or a clot. You're over 35 and you're on the pill. Or you're on, you have PCOS and you're on the pill. So I really appreciate you calling attention to that because this costs us our lives. And well, statistically speaking, and this is the thing that kind of kills me, and statistically speaking, the risks are always, you know, minimized. And, you know, they'll say even with like the breast cancer risk, they're like, oh, it's only a handful of more cases a year. But if you're that number, mm -hmm. it's a really big deal. If you're mm -hmm. that number that if you're the number that comes up for a stroke, like that's no joke. Like that is life threatening. And so to me, I'm like, you know, when we look at like statistically speaking, it's a small percentage. We also have to look at the weight of that. Like, what does that mean in terms of a risk factor? It's not like something like, statistically speaking, you know, it's a small percentage of women who lose their hair on this. Okay, we don't need hair to survive. Like, <laughs> you can't hold – and it's just something like I – I'm, I'm like doing these little hand scales right now. You can't say that they're equal and even and balanced. Like these risk factors, they, they're not equal. And you have to consider the individual in front of you. What is that woman's family history? What, what has been her history? And you know what's crazy to me is I have women come into me because their doctor's like, oh, you. So I have had patients who have had strokes, pulmonary embolism. They've had clots. They're, they've been on the birth control pill, and their doctor says, well, let me put you on a patch instead, or let's give a NuvaRing instead. And I'm like, I'm always shaking my head, like, are you, are you for real here? Because it's, it's, those have the same risk factor here. And it's because their doctors are like, you can't be trusted to do fertility awareness method or put a condom on because, you know, us women, we just, we just, we're just too stupid for that, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's uh, and there's so many great tools out there, and maybe, um, so I think I want to shift now and, and kind of get into, all right, you know, I know that there, if you've been listening to the PCOS Diva podcast for a while, then you know that the pill is not optimal way of treating your PCOS, so it may be time for you to come off of the pill, and um, I want you to tell us about the uh, kind of symptoms of post-birth control syndrome, but I also want you to give us some ideas for um, contraceptive for women with PCOS, um, you know, if you're on the pill, because that's one of the reasons that you're on the pill is to prevent pregnancy. So maybe yeah. we can go there first. Okay, so, you know, something that gets told to PCOS women a lot is that because your cycle is irregular, you can't use fertility awareness method. Mm -hmm. Now, Initially, unless you're unless you're working to regulate that cycle, it's not going to be a foolproof method for you. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna your odds of getting pregnant are much higher, which might you know that might be good for you. That might be where you're at in life. Mm -hmm. um, also consider that if there's any risk of you getting pregnant, that birth control pill has depleted your folate, and by the time you have a positive pregnancy test, you already needed folate for baby. So um, that's just something I want to say that make sure you're on a prenatal or a good multivitamin if you're still on these hormones, and that can actually be beneficial in helping you start to regulate your cycle. So 
you know, something as simple as magnesium, which so many of us are depleted in, can help your pituitary gland. So that's like the little hormone master in your brain. Start talking to the rest of your glands appropriately, which includes your ovaries and your thyroid and your adrenals. So, you know, taking a good multivitamin and then taking an approach to start to regulate your cycle is part of your, you know, part of your, uh, you know, basically pregnancy prevention. Because I have women who do use, um, fertility awareness method who have PCOS in my clinic. Um, they usually, so what I recommend is the Femtech. So things like Daisy natural cycles, because this takes math and it totally calculates your cycle against, you know, hundreds of thousands of other women's cycles to help things get dialed in a lot quicker. Now, yeah. And I just wanted to make a note. I really like the OvaSense fertility monitor. It, I, I don't know if you're, you've heard of that one. No, that's a um, new one in the office. Yeah. Check it out. Well, what I like about it is it actually takes calculations throughout the evening. It's a probe that's kind of like a tampon. It takes your internal temperature, I think, every five minutes throughout the evening. And it, um, the algorithms are able to uh, predict ovulation, even in women with PCOS, whether you've ovulated or not, with 99% accuracy. So yeah. it's, it's really a great tool, I think, a great way um, – to kind of measure your fertility naturally. So I'm just going to plug in for that. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I always love doing these interviews because I feel like, you know, this like ladyhood sister tribe, like this is where you glean so much more information. So no, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. And you know, there's other ones out there as well that you can wear on your wrist and, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. the night. And, you know, so I do want to say, so as you said, 99%, um, Typical use of birth control pill only has about 91% efficacy. That means that there's a pretty good failure rate with how we typically use it. Whereas fertility awareness method, I mean, using some of these tech devices, those are up at 99%. And clinically speaking, what I see is that women who are on the pill take a backseat to their fertility and they're like, whatever, I'm popping a pill every day. I'm all good. Whereas women who are practicing fertility method, they, uh, they're in it to win it because they're like, I'm going to get to know my body and I can't mess around. And there's kind of like this false trust that happens in the pill. I mean, I remember being taught, you know, in medical school and our pharmacology about like, Oh, the pill is 99%, you know, effective. And then when I dug into the research, I'm like, hold up, <laughs> like typical use, not so much. So, you know, and then I was going to say, so there's the fertility awareness methods. I love that. Whether or not you use that for contraceptives is a great way to get to know your body. When you, that is data. So I'm going to put it out that that is data your doctor can never glean from a lab test or anywhere else. Like it's really, really, I mean, in my practice, I have every woman tracking all of these things because I'm like, if you give me this data, I can know how to help you better on mm-hmm. the individualized level. Now there's also barrier methods. So things like condoms, um, you, there's, you know, there's also cervical caps, diaphragms are a little harder to come by these days. Um, those, you know, those cervical cap and the, um, and the, uh, diaphragm, they both require spermicides. They both have higher failure rates. So those are ones that I'm like, yeah, unless you're okay getting pregnant. And since like birth control pill causes a disruption in our microbiome and our, our, you know, vaginal microbiota gets skewed as well. It's like women have more improved infections, like yeast infections while they're on the pill, you know, spermicides can also be problematic with that. So it might not, if that's what was true for you, switching over to that method may not be the best bet for you. And then of course there's IUDs. Now, Hormonal IUDs do have the same side effects. Um, I remember my early days of clinical practice, women coming in with panic attacks after having um, these hormonal IUDs placed. 
Um, but there's also copper IUDs. And again, this is all about individualized. Like this is about what's best for you. The copper IUDs, some women absolutely hate it. They're like, it messes with your hormones, you get copper toxicity, like, and, and yes, there are these side effects that happen. But I see that it's not always true for every woman. And so it's all about evaluating what's best for yourself. If you've got crazy, heavy, painful periods, that copper IUD is not for you. Um, I remember, so I had a copper IUD. My girlfriend had hers placed the week before. She took the bus to Planned Parenthood, took the bus home, walked home like, you know, a mile. was like, I felt awesome. I got a copper IUD placed. I was in bed for like three, I think it was a week actually, oh hugging the hot water bottle. It was, yeah, and it was something where, I had a history of heavy, painful periods, but I also was like, I don't want to do hormones and I don't want to get pregnant. And um, yeah, and it was a learning, it was a learning experience for me for sure. Um, so does that make sense in terms of like the different options? Yes. And um, there's that also ladies, be on the lookout. There's some really cool technology camp coming out. They're touting it to be a zero side effect of birth control where you actually, um, you're going to insert this uh, liquid into yourself and it's going to actually tighten up your cervical mucus. So when you're fertile, your cervical mucus makes like a super highway for sperm and they just like are just dead set to getting to that egg. But the rest of the month, you know, our cervical mucus is fluctuating and changing. And so there's a new product. It's uh, hopefully going to be released in 2018 or 2019. Um, and it's supposed to be, you know, changing the cervical mucus. They're touting zero side effects. We're definitely going to have to wait and watch and see what happens with that. But, you know, I am really excited because for you know, the, the, the whole history of the pill, they've done very little to iterate on it. Um, and now we've got all this other technology coming out because it's well recognized us ladies are done. Like we're, we're done taking a pill and having it wrecking our mood. And, you know, for PCOS women, you know, something we didn't talk about is that, you know, because that pill is shutting down how your brain is talking to your ovaries and you already have trouble with that to begin with, you know, I see women who come off the pill and this is part of the post-birth control syndrome. So if you have a regular cycle, it can take up to three months to get your period back. If you had an irregular cycle, it can take up to six months to get your period back. But you know, there's mechanisms at play that are wrecking your fertility in so many ways. And I know when my doctor put me on the pill, he was like, as soon as you can come off, you come off, you'll be able to get pregnant. And I was taught that too in medical school. And then I, you know, I'm such a nerd. I just spend my weekends on PubMed reading and I'm like, wait a minute, it's wrecking your endometrium. It's like full of, it's like depleting antioxidants, which protect your eggs. It's depleting B vitamins, which protect your eggs. You know, there's all of these things that it's doing that it's like, look, if this thing is strong enough to shut down your fertility, it is strong enough to have long-term consequences and side effects. And, you know, a really big one that gets in the way of fertility is wrecking your libido. And like, that is like universal. I've yet to meet a woman who's like, no, I was on the pill and my libido was awesome because the pill, it crashes your libido. It, it contributes to vaginal dryness, vaginal infections. You can start having pelvic pain. It's like, it works really well for preventing pregnancy because you just don't even want to have sex. And that's mm -hmm. just like no fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think um, that people don't talk about that enough. I know I've had Dr. Keisha Ewers, I think, where well, there's a PCOS Diva podcast where we talk about libido and PCOS. And, um, and, I, and I think she mentioned that some women have a really hard time recovering that and mm -hmm. may not, which... Um, you know, if any mothers are listening to this whose daughters have PCOS, really think twice before you put your daughter on, 
on the pill at you know such a young age um and you know i just want to say you can recover that so in the research we know mm -hmm. it's it, it the pill is changing your liver at the genetic level which hello blood sugar dysregulation mm -hmm. um, but it's changing your liver's function that's causing long-term consequences for your libido. And this is part of how it can be really helpful for PCOS because it's going to grab onto excess testosterone. It's also why women with PCOS are scared to get off of it because it's part of post-birth control syndrome. Your acne, can, you can have what's called an androgen rebound. Now your body's like, woohoo, we can make testosterone again. And then it's just wrecking your skin and your hair and nobody likes that. So, you know, with all of that, I will say clinically, I have seen women be able to regain their libido. Skin mm -hmm. and libido are kind of the last things to heal. Okay. A lot of patients. And mm -hmm. this is something, you know, in my birth control hormone reset program, I talk a lot about this because we like to set reasonable um, expectations. So, you know, when you're on a medication or pharmaceutical, it strong arms your body into submission. It's just basically like, you're going to do what I tell you. But when you start to work with your body naturally and employ natural therapies, that can take some time. I like to say, if you think about your body as the Titanic and the Titanic is heading south, it's going to take some energy, some mm -hmm. time, some effort to turn that ship around. And if you go too quick, you might hit an iceberg and we all know how that ends. So that's not a good idea. But being patient with yourself and really being gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you know, us ladies, we love to like hate on ourselves and mm -hmm. it's part of like society's little narrative to us. I mean, it's also kind of, you know, one of my thoughts I had when we started this conversation is how often it's the woman's fault. It's your fault for something. And it's not your fault that you are living in a time in history where your environment has never been more polluted and you're dealing with like all of these xenoestrogens that are wrecking your hormones. It's not your fault that you have been disjointed from your family, that you're mothering alone. And it's hard. I mean, you have three kids. I have one. I have one and no family living near me. I'm like, this is hard. Um, there are a lot of things that we take on as a burden to ourselves and it's really not your fault. But, you know, to back to my original point, you can get your libido back. It is possible but you also there's a part of like uh use it or lose it you also have to be sexually active and sexually engaged and i actually prescribe orgasms on a weekly basis in my medical practice um reason for that now it's fun yes it's fun and it's a great way to start regulating your hormones and there is research to show that if you are having an orgasm or at least engaging in sexual activity every week your hormones start to balance and modulate your immune system starts to modulate less inflammation going on so when you're talking about a woman with pcos it's like hey girl have an <laughs> orgasm once a week it can go a long way in your health and it's not the worst prescription you've ever gotten right <laughs> no well that's that's a first First for the PCOS Diva podcast, but I think, <laughs> but, but not a bad recommendation. Um, so tell us, uh, so we talked about these excess androgens coming after the pill and the acne and the hair growth and um, hair loss as a result, um, weight gain. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the other symptoms that you're seeing post birth control? Yeah, so there's uh, amenorrhea or the loss of your period altogether. Um, hair loss definitely comes up. 
mood symptoms, changes in your bowels. So we definitely are seeing like some women, they're, they're more, having more gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea. Um, we definitely see, you know, headaches coming into play in a lot of women. So you know, the thing about post-birth control syndrome is it's a constellation of symptoms. That's what a syndrome means. And so mm -hmm. you can have all of these things or a handful of these things going on. And they tend to come on in the first three to six months from quitting birth birth control. Um, the acne is definitely, definitely worse, like it, in that period. And, you know, sometimes I see at six months, it might stay static, or it, it kind of tapers down a bit. But sometimes it just keeps going. You know, I was a woman when I came off the pill, I developed uh, cystic acne, and I had never had that in my life. And so, you know, this is something that just because and, and this is something that gets us on more prescriptions as well. Yeah. And you know, reflexively, your doctor might give you an antibiotic for it. Well, you were already on a pill that was wrecking your microbiome. P.S., it's usually rooted in your gut and your microbiome, why you've got these acne issues going on. And then you're going to take an antibiotic, which is, you know, antibiotics have a time and a place, but for managing your skin, there are much better options out there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as part of post-birth control syndrome, if you stand back and you think about what are the symptoms, so this pill is affecting every system within your body, but if you stand back and start to look at that, you can understand how is it that you can, you can easily mitigate these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So if you're a woman with PCOS, I recommend that before, so never just stop your pill pack without having a backup method. We make a joke in my, in my office, um, <laughs> all my clinicians are like, is there going to be a generation of Brighton babies? I'm like, no, <laughs> because first things first, you have to make sure you're not going to get pregnant, even if you want to get pregnant, because you need, need to restore and replenish your body. And, so definitely find the bat method and then spend, you know, if you had horrific symptoms before you got on that birth control, you need to spend, you know, a good two to three months preparing your body for that transition. And this is something that we do in my program. And then we take women through liver detoxification, rebuilding those antioxidants. It's definitely food, lifestyle, and supplementation is like mm -hmm. the three-prong approach that'll really move the needle for you. So it's liver. We've got to restore and repair the gut. We've got to look at adrenal and thyroid health. If they're not correct, none of your other hormones are going to be correct. And especially in PCOS, we know those adrenal glands can get us in trouble without testosterone and with infertility. So you have to be looking at that piece as well. And so, you know, one of the first things I tell women to do is I actually put them through a detox. And the reason for that is because the detox, so one thing about uh, Dr. Gray detox um, supplements is that they're really loaded in antioxidants and the minerals and um, vitamins that the pill has been depleting. And then it's also going to jumpstart that liver to start doing what it needs to do to get that estrogen out, to start balancing your hormones. Um, and so that's one of the key first places. So if you're listening to this, you're like, ah, oh, what do I do? do that first. Now you've got to poop every day, otherwise your skin will get worse. So you might need in, and you, if you're not pooping every day, you got to root cause that. You got to look at why. You might need, might need a little like magnesium citrate or ginger or, you know, doing castor oil pack massages to your abdomen, things like that to just facilitate the detoxification in the body. Um, I know I just blasted a ton of information, so I should pause and see if you have any questions with that. No, I would, no, this is, is great. And you know, I don't think enough practitioners talk about the liver and women with PCOS there was just a study that came out last week about how we um, the the numbers of women who have non-alcoholic fatty liver 
disorder, and even those women within PCOS um, who have elevated androgens also are at very high risk. So I think that the liver really needs to come to the forefront of the PCOS conversation. Totally, of every woman's hormonal conversation. Mm -hmm. And here's a little nugget for people. So back when I was in medical school, um, I found this study on um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and people who repress anger. So people uh, who are angry, so the liver is mm -hmm. kind of like an angry, cranky uh, organ. Um, I was laughing this spring and tell my clinic staff, get ready. People are going to be a little bit cranky because spring demands a detox and that liver energy. Starts. And isn't, isn't anger um, and liver is Chinese medicine too? I think oh, yeah. yeah. So that's mm -hmm. uh, my, so when I was in naturopathic medical school, we're also, we take Chinese medicine classes and then we have Chinese medicine instructors who, I mean, it's just super cool. Like we're weaving together, like here's the science here's you know conventional medicine and you know here's naturopathic medicine and then there's the Chinese medicine instructors who come in and like weave in the energetics of things but you know that was a big aha for me because as women again we're told to smile be nice don't you know I'm not gonna cuss but you know that B word they like to call us and that gets a lot of us repressing our anger and you know we've all had to deal with like childhood drama I'm definitely one of those people and I've had to do a lot of work around that as well and so Really, I mean, as a, a PCOS women are at a higher risk of that um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, pay attention to how your emotions are affecting your body and how you're talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. My goodness, be nice to yourself. It drops inflammation. It's, it's so effective. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big part of my, my book, Healing PCOS, is that mindset piece is just not really being addressed by conventional medicine. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, too. Um, but it sounds like your program is really what somebody needs to kind of hook into if they're thinking about coming off the pill. And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about your reset program. Yeah. So, so you know, the situation arose where I, you know, as most doctors um, that, you know, are, are talking about, you know, things that no one else is talking about, mm -hmm. I got slammed in my practice and I couldn't take any more patients in. And for me, I, you know, I have a really hard time being like, I'm talking about this problem, telling everyone there's a problem and I can't give them a solution. And so you know, this reset program, so it's the birth control hormone reset program. It's the first doctor developed and designed program to address post birth control syndrome. And like I said, I'm, uh, you know, I've been digging into the research for years. And so I bring things into this program where I, I want you to make friends with your period. So I don't want your period to be hard. And I want to show women that there's a way. So 60% of us, about 60% of us get put on the pill for non-birth control related reasons. And hey, if you wanna do it because you don't wanna have a baby, this program is designed to support you as well. But if you're like, I wanna I want make friends with my body, I know there's another way, we guide you through and take you, how to, take you through how to do that. Now we've got meal plans in there, um, we've got recipe guides, I don't demand anybody do any specialty kind of diet, but what we talk about is adding in nutrient-dense foods, and so I don't like going in and, and you know, taking away a bunch of foods for people, I prefer to come in and say, okay, let's just fill your diet with so much good food, there is just no more room for that stuff that wasn't, wasn't working for you, there is no bad food, uh, and unless it comes into a package, then they might have modified it, that, I'm like, maybe I should back up on that one. Um, so we're looking at the diet piece. We're also working on the lifestyle piece. And what I teach women in that program is that we actually go through a hormonal health evaluation and I teach women 
how to evaluate their own hormones, how to pay attention to what their body's saying, and then how to individualize it for themselves and course correct with the diet, lifestyle, and supplementation. If you are coming off the pill or you have a hormone imbalance, you are going to need supplements. You can't out-diet the birth control pill and what it's done to your body, but you can, you've got to be doing the diet. Like, hands down, you've got to be doing that. And then the other thing is because I know that, like, you know, one of the biggest things we're missing in medicine and in helping women heal is community. I mean, it's really a big, big piece. And what I see accelerates healing in so many women. And so we've got an online community where myself, my coaches, my nutritionists are in there supporting women. Um, and the women are supporting each other. My, I love that community because there's all these really creative cooks in there. They're always posting <laughs> delicious recipes. And I'm like, I can just get on in the morning and be like, ooh, what are they eating today? I want to some of that. And so, you know, it's a very holistic approach and it's very comprehensive. And so, you know, this is the first of its type comprehensive program to really address hormonal contraceptives, protecting you if you're on them and then helping you get off of them. And the nice thing is that you know, we've had women go through this program, they're on hormones, they can still get access to it so that they can then transition off when they're ready. Again, I'm not about telling anybody like when it's time for them to stop using this. That's really, I want to empower women to be able to make that individualized choice for themselves. And where can they find that information? about your program find it on my website so if you go to drbrighton.com that's d-r-b-r-i-g-h-t-e-n so it's brighton like the sun everybody misspells it so don't worry if you do <clears throat> doesn't even phase me so um it's drbrighton.com and you can just uh search my programs and so i've got other programs on there as well but you want to find the birth control hormone reset program that's the one we're talking about I'm just really excited that it, there's a program that I can now send people to who are sort of in this this place in their their life. So I'm just really thankful to you that you took the time to take all of your wealth of knowledge and put it into a really actionable program for women. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. And it's definitely something where I'm like, you know, when I went through making the resource, I email them every single day through the five weeks because that's what we really need. We need somebody saying it's just a little step every day. And, you know, everything that's in that program is what I've actually used in my medical practice and that I've tested with women for years now and I know works and I dialed it in. We're super excited about it because the results have been pretty, I mean, there are women that, I, you know, I tell them all, like, you're going to have to take a few menstrual, like, take at least a menstrual cycle and reevaluate. But we've had women posting who are on birth control that are like, whoa, I've been doing this program and this is the best my period has ever been. Or women that are like, wow, after three days, I had more energy. And I, even that one, I was like, whoa, I didn't even think that could happen. That's awesome. Like, that's <laughs> fantastic. So yeah, it's been really exciting. And really rewarding to be able to serve women on this larger level yeah. and know that as I come out and I'm talking about all this and I'm raising the issues that we've got a solution for them as well. Yeah, it, it's so important. And, um, you know, and I think when we started out this podcast, you think about all of those, the downsides about the pill and well, what can I do? But then you kind of come out on this other side where you've healed yourself and you feel better than you ever did. And that's real, that's where our bodies want to be. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's where we deserve to be, right? Totally. Um, I love that. It's absolutely we deserve to be there. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I was a gal who had like seven to eight day periods, super heavy, super painful, couldn't go to school. If I did, I had to have like two pairs of clothes to change into. And when I got on the pill, it felt like a godsend. Then when I got off of it, it was just a, a nightmare. And especially when I lost my um, period altogether. And so, you know, it's something that I tell my patients now, you know, my period sneaks up on me. Like I go look at the moon. If my app doesn't tell me, I got to look at the moon and be like, where am I at? Because, and to be like, wow, if somebody had told me two decades ago that that was possible, I don't know that I would have believed them. But it's entirely possible to feel even kill throughout your cycle, to have easy periods, to have regular periods. And, you know, I think something that drives me nuts in, like, just con like conventional medicine, and I don't want to diss them, but how often women are given the diagnosis of PCOS and told, you're never going to have a baby. Oh, Bye, you're me. never going to have I a know. baby. It's just not true. And mm -hmm. you have three, okay? Um, and, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Fiona, I'm like, she has three kids in PCOS. Like, go, and I, I actually have sent patients to your website. I'm like, no, go look. Like, here is proof. Like, this gal has PCOS and she has babies, okay? Like, it happens. You can do this. I know. And I was 37 with my last two. Oh, with, my gosh. Yeah, with no, no intervention after doctors told me they would never be able to get me pregnant without... Um, fertility treatment. So yeah. yeah, you're right. There's so much hope. Um, and, and, you know, I love ending the podcast on that message of hope that, um, you know, those that are struggling with fertility, it, it can happen for you and it probably will. Yeah. So. I love it. So thank you, Dr. Brighton. It's just been uh, such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and I appreciate the work that you do and thank you for sharing with us. Absolutely. And I appreciate you so much. We need more women like you serving women are in our planet. I mean, would be such a better place. So uh, I honor you and I just appreciate you. all the work you do. Thank you. And, and thank you everyone that took the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I look forward to being with you again soon. PCOS Diva podcast is proud to be sponsored by OvuSense Real-Time Ovulation Monitor, helping women with PCOS to take back control of their cycles. OvuSense is a true fertility monitor that can help you to track fertility medications and supplements along with any positive health changes you make to see if they're having an effect. Find out how OvuSense can help you to understand your fertility at OvuSense. O-V-U-S-E-N-S-E dot -E com. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCOSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health.